This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Meaningful Hockey is back tonight, baby. Another episode of Five on Three. Jackson Heil, Jimmy Sullivan, Chris Hennessy here with you. And like I mentioned, opening night is tonight. Guys, I cannot be more excited. Rangers tomorrow, Islanders Friday. I've been waiting a long time for this. When you root for the Orioles, Jets, (laughs) and the Knicks, there's not much to look forward to during the year. But tonight is one of those nights during the year that all you want to do is... I'm very plop, excited plop on the couch. Just quick plop on the couch. You get NBCSN on. Mm-hmm. Get the pregame guys. Get to see Mike Milbury again. Mm, Yay! No. <laughs> Pierre McGuire. If you couldn't tell us sarcastic. Pierre McGuire. <laughs> hey, no Pierre, Pierre tonight. Pierre McGuire went no, to high school. P- Pierre McGuire is Bergen Catholic. Yeah. Well, you know, Pierre's, Pierre's in the second game. He's doing the second game with Brendan Burke. All right. Yeah. So hey, at least we get at least we get Boucher and Doc in yes. the first game with Eddie. So can't complain. It'll be Blues and Caps, last two cup winners tonight, followed by Vegas-San Jose. Two good games. Yeah, two very Especially good the second game. I mean, Vegas-San Jose was the game of the year last year in Game 7, so that was a fun one. And while we're on Vegas-San Jose, we're going to do our Western Conference preview today. We did our East last time out. We'll start in the Pacific, shift to the Central, then we'll do our award picks, and we will do our Stanley Cup picks with the season starting up tonight. But... Let's get right into it. Starting in the Pacific, it's one of the more top-heavy divisions in the league. It reminds me a lot of the Atlantic when you have those three really teams that stand out. Obviously, in the Pacific, the two teams we mentioned, Vegas and San Jose, and then Calgary being the other one. I mean, you look throughout the rest of the Pacific. Edmonton, terrible a year ago, obviously, with McDavid, though. Vancouver's a team that could stick out. They're interesting for sure because they have the talent. Quinn Hughes playing this year. You get a full year of Besser and Pedersen there. L.A. stinks. Anaheim stinks. The Coyotes will be all Arizona's right. Interesting. Arizona's interesting. Arizona's interesting. The Coyotes will be all right, but I, I've been told way too many things about the Coyotes for way too many years with no, how I, good they'll be. I, I agree, and I think that Arizona and Vancouver are the two teams to just kind of watch in this division, even though I'm not necessarily sure they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to have seasons where they might push for that that level, but those three teams are far and away the best teams. Similar to Florida and um, Montreal in the Atlantic Division. They're, they're two teams that could very well make the playoffs, but they're going to have to go through the wild card. I mean, I find Arizona fascinating. The addition of Phil Kessel to that offense, how's that going to yep. go? Say whatever you want about Phil Kessel. The guy can put the buck in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that can really help an Arizona team. That You look at the standings last year, they were only seven points behind Vegas for third, which when you think about it, yes, you know, have we been told a lot of things about Arizona, like you said, Jackson? Of course. But this isn't a team that's that far off to me. No, This is not. a team that it was a couple pieces away. Maybe Phil Kessel is the difference between them possibly being in contention for a wild card spot. They were only four points off the last wild card in the Western Conference last year to Colorado. So that's the team that interests me the most. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's a top-heavy division. I think Vegas might be the best team this year. We'll get into more of it later. But... This is a division that's, like you said, two or three teams. There's one or two more interesting teams, and then there's two or three teams at the bottom that you're like, wow, oh my god, they're really bad. Arizona's just where players go to die, though. That's true. That, that's how that's I look true. at it. I mean, yeah. Derek Stepan is obviously, has he had one good year there, then phased out his last two years. They just can't score. They, they never have been able well, they to. Just added the and obviously you add yeah. Kessel, who can put the puck in the net. Well, we'll see how that goes. Clayton Keller got Clayton a big Keller's extension. A yeah. I, I honestly didn't love the extension. I, I like betting on talent, which he certainly has, but he's a guy who's had 
two down years there after a great rookie year. So we will see how that plays out. And they're a team that I think could be fighting for that final wild card spot. I don't see it happening, but let's shift to the big horses in this division. I want to start with Calgary because they're one of the more interesting teams to look at in the entire league because last year, obviously, they had the best best record in the West. Best record in sure. the West, and they lost, they to lost Colorado five to round. Colorado in the first round. They had, and really, it probably could have been a sweep because the only reason that they were in that series at all was because Mike Smith stood on his head mm-hmm. the last three games of that series. They are an interesting team to me because one, the young talent is certainly there, but going forward, I just have questions about whether they're going to get the same goaltending that they got last year because Smith was great, but people forget about how good Riddich was for a long time. Yep. This is a team that I see as a playoff team for sure, but in terms of the building blocks going forward. I just don't see them as a team that's a serious contender in the West. How do you see it? No, I don't see that either. I think that both Vegas and San Jose are much bigger threats to win the Cup and win the West mm-hmm. than Calgary is, but they're sure, they're going to have another good season. They have this talent up front, starting with Johnny Gaudreau, who every year solidifies himself more and more as an underrated superstar in the mm-hmm. league. He's really that talented. The pieces around him aren't great. They just signed uh, Matt Kachuk to a huge contract. Yep. Uh, got more than Braden Point, which is kind of crazy. got more than Braden Point. Um, that's going to keep them there for a while. Their defense is, they have some names on defense, but it's going to be about kind of putting it together. And like you said, having the similar season, Mike Smith's not on Calgary anymore. Yeah. It's Cam Talbot mm-hmm. and, and David Riddick now. So uh, Giordano, Hamannick, half, um, Hannafin, TJ Brody, they, they should have mm-hmm. decent success. Where did Smith there. go again? I don't know. Uh, Mike Smith is in Edmonton now. Edmonton, right? That, that's interesting for sure. But him and Talbot just kind of swapping places. I'll be interested to see how Cam Talbot kind of responds because, I mean, he gets a one-year deal in Calgary, behind a team that probably won't give up a ton of quality chances because that's just the Bill Peters way. That's what he's done really his entire career. He just hasn't really had good goaltending until last year, and that's why they were so good. But the goaltending situation is going to be interesting because, I mean, I'm not going to call it a sophomore slump incoming from Riddick, but you could see it. For you sure. could definitely see it happening, so to speak, even though with how good he was last year. So they're a team that's going to score a lot and they're going to get production from them defensively. I just will never buy a Bill Peters team because obviously always <laughs> possession-wise they're going to be one of the best teams in hockey, but they just don't seem to step it up down the stretch. I think another thing that's a concern for the Flames that – it's not necessarily an on-ice concern, but this is kind of their window because they have a bunch of free agents for yep. next year. They're really And they're tapped out, too, because you talked about the extension for Kachuk, three years, $21 million. They traded for Milan Lucic. He signed through 2023. Five and a quarter million dollar cap hit. Trading for that contract. Is the James six, by the way, swap. by the way, Milan Lucic, 16 goals in his last 160 or 161 games. I think good. Um, that's that's bad. no, it's it's bad. So the the Flames are going to be worse this year. But also, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure coming into this year. Can Johnny Gaudreau play as well? Is the goaltending in for a regression? The answer is yes. But also, you know, we talked about the goaltending, but they basically had a five game sweep last year, and in the four losses, they scored seven goals. Yeah, the offense wasn't yeah. there either. So right. you know, they they've had some some offensive ups and downs a little bit. They were good in the regular season, obviously last year, but that was kind of that wasn't entirely their downfall but it was a big part of it last year so will the goaltending be there probably not Riddich is in for a a regression Cam Talbot I've never been thrilled with to be honest with you even back when he was on the Rangers so it'll be interesting to see where the Flames go they're a playoff team but do I look at this team and say they're a hundred plus point team 
I don't know if they are. I think they're going to benefit significantly from the worst division. I, yeah, I don't think Arizona's, that does help. That does I don't help. think Arizona's as talented as them. As many questions as we're raising about Calgary right now, Arizona and Vancouver aren't as talented as them, so I think they're going to slide into that three spot. But I, I, I think that they're going to significantly benefit from being in this weakened division, and we could be in for a slaughter fest in the first round, whether it's San Jose or Vegas that they play. <laughs> I mean, those two teams no, right. are wicked talented. Let's focus on those teams right now, and I think really just the question is, who is the best team in the West at this point? Because I think it's one of those two teams for sure. Just you look at San Jose. Look, look how Winnipeg's digressed. I mean, yep. we're going to get to the Central, but last year we were talking about Winnipeg and Nashville as the two best teams in the West, and both mm-hmm. of them did not get. You could argue Nashville got better by adding Matt Duchesne, but Winnipeg certainly got worse. So I think the best team in the West is between these two. No which doubt. one? Which one do you say? I'd say San Jose, uh, even though they lost Pavelski. I think I think Logan Couture is is. A poise for a breakout season. I mean, he had a sick playoff last year. If they beat the Blues, which they're did they lose in six or seven of the Blues? They lost in in the Western six, Conference six. I'm pretty sure. If, yeah. they, if they beat the Blues, he's no question the Conn Smythe Trophy winner. He had a sick, sick playoff last year. He just got named the captain after Pavelski left. I think he's in for an unreal season. You got Brent Burns and uh, Eric Carlson and Vlasic in the back too. It, I, I'm buying San Jose. I'm surprised how San Jose got all their RFAs locked up. I mean, obviously the Kevin LeBanc deal is freaking crazy. I mean, he's on a one-year deal for $1 million after the year he had, which is absolutely nuts. But Timo Meyer's back. Tomas Hurdle is back. Both had breakout years last year. They were obviously able to lock up Eric Carlson. I wonder about the pressure on this team, just similar to what you said, Jimmy, about Calgary, because this is a team that's obviously up there in age, Obviously, has a ton of contracts that they're mingled into and going to be even more mingled into going forward, depending on how they handle their restricted free agents going forward because they're going to have them. This is a team where I think the window is closing soon because Carlson, as great as he is right now, he's going to be. He's he's thirty, right? I'm pretty sure Carlson's thirty. Brett Burns getting up there in age. They have thirty four. They have a ton of guys that are locked into big contracts that are bordering on the end of their primes. So if it's not going to be this year, I don't know when it's ever going to be for San Jose. And their depth is amazing, by the yeah, way. With all absolutely. the guys they signed, their depth him. might be the best in the league. You know, Eric Carlson is being floated as kind of a down-ballot, sexy pick for the Norris Trophy. We'll get into that a little bit more later. I think that's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, you know, obviously, he was kind of disenfranchised in Ottawa last year, so it'll be interesting to see you know, what he's able to do it, with a change of scenery and a team that's going to be in contention for a championship. But for me in this division, you know, you look you look at a team like San Jose and I think there's probably only one weakness for them and it's probably the, the goaltending. Again, kind of a common theme of this show so far, but you know, this is otherwise <laughs> it's a really solid team. I mean, elite depth. I mean, you can just throw a guy like an Evander Kane or an Eric Carlson, like you said, Kevin LeBanc, one year, barely making seven figures. He could be a breakout candidate too, and then if you get more than you thought out of him, then this team's just even better. So yeah, I think San Jose in this division got better and there was one team ahead of them in the Flames, and they got worse. So that, for me, is the story of this division where I would have the Sharks leapfrogging the Flames because I just think the Sharks got better, the Flames got worse, so the Sharks, I think, go into this season with an advantage and maybe maybe the best team in this division. He, also, it might be Joe Thornton's last year with yeah. San Jose. He's on his last year of his contract. He's 40. He's pushing. He'll be 41 next summer, it, looking like maybe the end for, for Jumbo Joe. So maybe this is a, a do-it-for-Joe season, which would be fun. 
I feel like we've been saying that for the last yeah, five no, years. I, I hope it comes true, man. I, I love Joe I Thornton. Love Joe. And I, Everybody loves There's Joe not Thornton. many out there that don't, but I think the difference between Vegas and San Jose belongs in goal, like Jimmy mentioned. I have serious concerns about Martin Jones. I have not been a guy on the Martin Jones train for a long time. I think he had really one good year in San Jose. That was the first year he was there when they went to the Stanley Cup final. But I'm not a believer in Martin Jones. I'm a believer in Marc-Andre Fleury, and that's why I think Vegas is better. I mean, you look at both of these rosters stacked up side by side. Similar in terms of talent, Vegas obviously a lot younger, and they're more, I'm going to say, entering their prime right now. I love that they went out and got Mark Stone and extended him because I think he's a top-five player in the league, arguably. Uh, Front to bottom in terms of their in terms of their forward depth, they have it. They absolutely have it. Defensively, they're so strong. I mean, I love Nate Schmidt. They have so many other options there. They got rid of Colin Miller, which I didn't really like. But again, so many options for Vegas. They're kind of cap-construed right now because they're locked up, but they don't really need much. I mean, this is a team that I don't see many weaknesses in, especially in goal with Marc-Andre Fleury. It's really about managing the workload for him all year. I could easily see San Jose winning this division, and I, I think they actually might. But I, I think a lot of that's going to be is that Vegas is going to try to keep guys healthy. They're also going to be very careful with Marc-Andre Fleury because I think his workload has been a serious issue for Vegas these last few years. And especially, I mean, you go back to the Stanley Cup final, just saw so many shots and was basically the reason that they went there. And then last year, I'm not going to say he burned out because he was pretty good all year long, but I think that they're going to manage his workload similar to how the Rangers are going to manage Henrik Lundqvist if they can. So I, I see Vegas as the team finishing second in the division, but when it comes to playoff time, I like where Vegas is at over San Jose for a few reasons, but one being I think the youth is a huge difference maker for Vegas just because so many guys in San Jose, I mean, on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, listen, yeah, they have a ton of players who are good. Timo Meyer's great. Thomas Hurdle's great. Like I mentioned, Kevin LeBanc is a really good player. But I like Vegas's core pieces better than I like San Jose's right now, and I think they're going to be the team that probably ends up coming out of the West. A, a key player on Vegas for me is uh, Malcolm Subban because mm-hmm. you, you mentioned it. Flurry looked just tired at the end of last he year. He did. And you can't blame him. It was two years of a lot of playoff I mean, he played for Pittsburgh in the Crosby era, so he's used mm-hmm. to playing a lot of playoff hockey. But it was two years of he's the playoff goalie every single day, and at the end of the year, he just looked tired. And it, if they're going to have a really successful season and, and move far in the playoffs, Subban has to pick up a load in in the he regular does. season. And he's been a guy who's kind of – he was on Boston at the beginning, and now he's on Vegas. That's it, though, right? He hasn't bounced around. But he was supposed to be this like big goaltending prospect, and he yeah. hasn't really done anything. He's 25 mm-hmm. now. He's on the last year of his contract in Vegas. I think he's going to be a huge key for Vegas this year. And there aren't a lot of teams that can boast two great lines at one and two. Like with the offseason, uh, not the offseason moves, the, the midseason moves last year, right? You look at a line with like Statsny, Pacioretty, Mark Stone. Like that's a really good line to have. Mm-hmm. And that's not even necessarily their top line. So the the question for them is can it all come together at this point? And then can they gel? I think this is a team that is about as good as they were when they reached the, the cup final two years yeah. ago. I really do. I think the West around them might be a little stronger because I think there might be a couple more like really good teams in the West besides Vegas, mm-hmm. but they're going to be right up there again. I think the moves they made during the season last year were brilliant. Obviously, they flunked out of the playoffs with something that probably shouldn't have even happened in the penalty mm-hmm. kill uh, call in Game 7, but this is going to be a really, really good Knights team. You said with Marc-Andre Fleury, I think that is a concern, but ultimately, I just think he's so good that no matter how they manage his workload, by the time he comes to the playoffs, he will be fresh, and as long as he's healthy, as long as he's in net, 
I think they have to feel pretty good about their chances because he's been one of the best goaltenders in the league over the past couple of years. Quick thing before we shift to the Central. I think this is a three-playoff division team. Yeah, I agree. A, a, a three-team division for the playoffs. I, I can see say. Vancouver sneaking in just because the Central Central isn't very deep either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's fair. Winnipeg got significantly worse uh, over this offseason. So it, the Central doesn't have five solid teams like it did last year, mm-hmm. I guess is my point. So I could see either Vancouver or Arizona sneaking in, but they're, they're not going to make any noise when they get there. I think these three teams are, are significantly better. If there's any team that's interesting to me, it is Vancouver, like you mentioned, because I love the talent they have there in terms of the young talent. I just don't trust the Canucks in any shape or form regardless of the talent they have there. J- Jim Benning's an idiot, first of all. The, the, the stuff that he said recently has been terrible, but uh, I, I just don't believe in Vancouver. Let's shift to the Central because I, I think this is probably the most interesting division in hockey outside maybe of the Metro just because of the bevy of talent that's in there. I mean, obviously, let's start with St. Louis, the team that won the Cup last year. Yeah, obviously... People will say they overperformed just because of the way that they started last year. I mean, yeah, they're the worst team in hockey. They come back and win the Stanley Cup. But this is a team that I think you look at their strengths, and they didn't really lose a whole lot in the offseason. And then they go out recently and get Justin Falk, who is just about the perfect addition to slide into your your top four right behind Alex Petrangelo on the right side. This is a team that is very good. The only real question mark is, was last year the real Jordan Bennington? I think that's the only real question that St. Louis has because you look at the rest of the division. Yeah, Nashville's good, and they added Matthew Shane. Dallas gave them a charge last year. I think Dallas is going to be a team that's going to be a real contender going forward. Winnipeg lost a step. Colorado's fully talented. But, like, I look at this division, man, and I see St. Louis is pretty clear-cut in terms of talent. If Bennington's the same guy, then... I think this is a team that's going to win the division. If Bennington's the same guy, it's hard to pick against him. I, I'll agree there. And One thing they did lose was a little bit of forward depth. Pat Maroon is out on Tampa Bay now. Uh, maybe he'll win another another Stanley Cup. But uh, They did lose a little bit of forward depth, but yeah, adding Justin Falk to, to what was a, on paper a suspect defense. Now, yeah, they were great in the playoffs. They go to Boston and win in Game 7. That's, that's a great defense. Um, but adding Justin Falk to that is huge, and we have no reason to believe Jordan Bennington that wasn't the real Jordan Bennington. Mm-hmm. And until we're given a reason, we have to believe that he's one of the best goalies in this league. Plus, defensively, they're so strong, yeah, too. I are. mean, also adding Justin Falk to that is obviously makes them better. Um, but you look at them, their top six defensively on that blue line are all strong. I mean, they have three really good lines in terms of the duos they can roll out at you. And they'll protect Bennington, too, which I think is a big thing, something that didn't really get talked about enough last year just because of how good he was. But I think the real game you look to for how good St. Louis is, I mean, look at Game 7 against Dallas last year where they just, I mean, it was shot after shot on Ben Bishop, and Bishop just kept making big save after big save. But my big point there is that they protected Jordan Bennington pretty much the entire time, and that's going to be the case going forward. He was obviously great in the Stanley Cup Final, particularly Game 7. Game seven. You remember that save on, on Nordstrom to really secure the Stanley Cup, but th- this is a team in St. Louis, Jimmy, that I look at as the favorites in this division. You really do, yeah. I think my concern with St. Louis goes back to playing in the playoffs last year. They played 26 games. You add that to the regular season. That's a 108-game season for them between 
early October and mid-June, and you only have a three-month offseason. And yes, this team is, is good. It's really solid. And Justin then, Falk is a really solid move. I'm just saying, when you look at a team that played 108 games the year before, and it's hard to repeat in hockey. That's why what the Penguins did a couple years ago was so rare and so special, because hockey is such a physical game, and with the way the Blues play, they play so hard and such physical defense. I think that's going to take a toll on them, and I think maybe towards the second half of the season, you're going to start to see that toll sort of render itself on them. Are they going to have a good year? Yes. Are they going to make the playoffs? Of course they will. But do I think this is a team that can get back to the cup final? Maybe, but I just don't see it being there right now, only because one, other teams around them got better. Not that St. Louis didn't, but two, I just think the toll that last season took on them with the style that team plays is not going to do them any favors once the season starts to wear into March, April in, in the playoffs. We talked about it with Washington, too, the Stanley Cup hangover last year. I mean, this is the first cup, final, cup championship in their franchise history. The, like the, the party out on the St. Louis streets was crazy. This team had an eventful offseason, so they didn't exactly play at 108 games and go to sleep for three weeks. So <laughs> I, I, I do think... That That's what I would do if I was there. Of bit. course. Um I, I do think they're in for a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover, but absolutely I think they're going to make the playoffs and they prove themselves as one of the supremely talented and supremely coached teams in the NHL. Just quickly addressing some other teams. Colorado, first off, I think they're probably the most overrated team in the NHL going forward. Um, just for this year. I, I think foundationally they have a key core there. That's going to be good for a long time. Obviously, Kale McCarr being the big one defensively that they have really coming in this year and being the new guy. I love Samuel Girard. Love what they have defensively. The addition of Nazem Kadri is pretty big. And obviously, have the big three line of McKinnon, Landeskog, and Ranton, who just got signed as well. But people are forgetting that this is still a very young team. And their forward depth is terrible. It is. It's terrible outside those top two lines. And that was the problem. People have to realize this is a team that barely snuck into the playoffs this year. And yeah, I know that they were able to kind of cruise past Calgary and that they took San Jose to seven games and were really one goal away from going to the conference final. But I I think people need to slow the roll on Colorado. People are saying this is a team that could go to the Stanley Cup final. And I'm not saying they don't have the talent to, but I think we're one year too soon in making that prediction. I think this is a team that you look at the following year, they're certainly going to be a team that's right in the thick of the contenders in terms of going to the Stanley Cup final. But this year, I, I just don't see it. There's too many good teams around them. There's too many high-level depth teams in the NHL, and I just don't look at the Avalanche as one of them. They they got out. They went out there and got <clears throat> excuse me. They went out there and got Nazem Kadri and uh, Donskoy this this offseason. That was Joe Sakic's answer to the forward depth problem, which I'm not necessarily sure is the answer. Andre Burakovsky is also out in Colorado now. Uh, I'm not really buying that as a as a top-flight second line, uh, especially in a division with Nashville and St. Louis. Uh, I'm not buying that as a top-flight second line. We talked about it at length last year. Basically, Miko Rantanen carried them to number one overall in the NHL early mm-hmm. in the season last year, I believe. So, I, But the youth is huge. I mean, Rantanen's 22, McKinnon's 24, and Landis Gog is 26. And McKinnon is a legitimate um, Hart Trophy candidate for this year. Very good chance he wins it. Landis Cog's been good for a while now, and Ranton had a breakout season last year and just got paid a lot of money. So they're going to have a good year. Philip Grubauer, I think, had a good year last year and, and, and could play well again this year in goal. And Kale McCarr, uh, spoiler for later, but is my pick to win the Calder because this kid 
could play that can play the game. I mean, he's really good on defense, but the forward depth is not there. For Colorado. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of disagree with you guys. I think Colorado's there right now. I mean, look, do they have holes? Yes. I mean, we mentioned those, and I think that'll be the type of thing that they might try to address at the trade deadline. Assuming they're having a pretty good year, they've got some cap room to play with, so they can definitely do that. And a farm system. Too. And a farm system too. But I mean, you think full season of Kale McCarr, which they didn't have last year. Sam Gerrard could be a breakout candidate. Maybe the best first line in hockey, a power play that could be deadly. I mean, I think this is a Colorado team that you guys think they're probably one or two years away. I honestly think they could be there right now. I mean, they have holes, and yes, those need to be addressed, and they're very legitimate. But I think this is a team that is talented enough to go to the Stanley Cup final. I really believe that. And that's a hot take, and you guys are going to disagree, and I get that. But I really think this is a team with a couple of tweaks that will probably have to be made in season. Yeah, can be good enough to get to the Stanley don't, Cup final. Don't get me wrong; I think they're a playoff team for sure. Oh yeah, no, we all agree on that, especially yeah. in this division. But if you're trying to tell me that they are at the same level as Vegas or San Jose right now, or even Nashville and St. Louis, listen, I think they have the talent to compete with Nashville and St. Louis for sure. But I think that Vegas and San Jose are the two clear-cut teams in the West. And let, let's shift into our playoff picks now from the West while we're at it. Let's shift back to the Pacific. I mentioned it before. I only have three teams making the playoffs out of this division. I look at Calgary. I look at San Jose and I look at Vegas. I think San Jose is going to win the division with Vegas and then Calgary behind. Chris, I know you mentioned that you have, you have Vancouver. I do have it. So I have, I have San Jose one, Vegas two, Calgary three. Then I have Vancouver as the number eight in the West. I'm looking at a young forward group. Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson, Adam Gaudet, he hasn't been good in the NHL, but he did win the Hobie at Northeastern. Yeah. He's a talented kid, and he, he struggled. Uh, maybe Thatcher Demko will finally play goalie for uh, for Vancouver. It feels like uh, ages ago he was in the <laughs> World Juniors. Uh, they add JT Miller. They add Tyler Myers on defense. They have a full season of Quinn Hughes. I could see them being a scrappy team who makes the playoffs, but then I could also see them being a team that barely gets to 75 points because they're the Vancouver Interesting. Canucks. Interesting. So where are you at? These picks are how you guys are going to know that I'm not a veteran of this podcast. <laughs> uh, so in the Central, I'm going Colorado 1, uh, Nashville 2, St. Louis 3. I think St. Louis is going to have a bit of a cup hangover. Nashville's still really good. Not sure how they're going to do after the P.K. Subban deal. Colorado, we just spent a bunch of time talking about. Pacific, I like Vegas at 1. I think this Vegas team is very, very good. Uh, I think San Jose is right there with them, but they're going to be number two. I think this is the last year of San Jose's window. I think if they don't do it this year, I think it's over. Really? Yeah. And then number three, I've got Calgary taking a step back. Still talented enough to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're a top-flight team this year, a President's Trophy-type contender. And then my wild cards, I'm going to go Dallas, and I'm also going to take Arizona. We talked about Arizona before, and yes, maybe it's where players go to die, but for a team that scored 213 goals last year, and you can do the math on that, it's... You know what, two and a half per game? Yeah, is, not it's much. not a ton. Getting a guy like Phil Kessel is a difference maker. I don't know if it's enough to get them into the playoffs, but I think they're a team that could sneak into that eighth and final spot, and they could be an interesting team come playoff time because now they might have a little, little bit of a different scoring dimension. I might be wrong on that, but I think Phil Kessel's a real difference maker here. The Central, I have my five teams as I mentioned, and I think St. Louis is going to win the Central. Followed by Nashville and Colorado. So Colorado will be my third team. That's going to be a good matchup in the playoffs. That ends up happening. A young, yeah. a young Colorado team against a Nashville team. Something we've seen before, too, when Nashville was the top team in the Central, not last year, but the year before, mm-hmm. Colorado took them to six and made it a really good series yep. there. My two wild cards come from this division. I think Dallas and I think Winnipeg as well. I mean, listen, I, I think that 
Obviously, what Winnipeg lost is a big deal. I mean, losing their, their Jacob Truba is laughable right now. D- yeah, I mean, if Dustin Bufflin retires, their right side is is a concern. Their for whole sure. defense is just Josh Morrissey and a bunch of yeah. guys, a bunch of guys you never heard of. But I, I'll trust Hellebuck enough to get them to the playoffs, especially with the forward depth that they have. I mean, they really did not lose anyone up front, and it was one of the best forward corpses in the entire NHL. So I'll bet on them to make the postseason. And Dallas, like I mentioned, I think is going to be a threat. Dallas is a wild card team that I can see making a run again. Absolutely. I, I like the talent that they have last year. Rupe Hintz is going to step up and have a big year. I think Miro Heiskanen is a sure. Norris contender for sure. So I, I like the Central. I, and I got Heiskanen is more talented than Rasmus Dallin. I, I know Really? I, Heiskanen is the real deal, man. I, I, obviously, Rasmus Dallin's in a tough situation where he's on the Buffalo Sabres, but mm-hmm. I, th- that kid can play. And he's on a really good team down in Dallas. I could see him really getting some some nods at awards season. He's only 20 years old, 19, 20, something like yeah, that. I think so, he's 21 now. 21. But, so speaking of awards, let's go to the awards. And we'll start with the Norris, like you mentioned. Chris, we'll start with you. Norris pick. Norris pick. And let's make these quick. Let's go around because right. we got to wrap up the pod. So uh, I'll go Eric Carlson. It's the easy pick. He's the best defenseman when he's healthy. And he just got paid a lot of money, so he better be the best defense when he's healthy. <laughs> ah, you stole my line. Yeah, Eric Carlson, <laughs> I'm going to go with him as well. I think he's going to be reinvigorated in a winning atmosphere and a team that could go to the Cup this year. All right, well, Carlson was my pick, but I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be unpopular here, I guess. I'm going to go with Miro Heiskin. He, he was my second pick behind him. I think he's going to have a monster year in terms of minutes. They kind of sheltered him a little bit last year and let him fly in the postseason. He's a guy who I think is a... He's obviously a dark horse. I like to go dark horses yeah, for the most no, part. So I, I'll take Heisken in there. Let's shift to the Calder, Chris. I, we'll start with you because I know that I, you have McCarr. So. Interesting. It, it, he, I mean, talk he about could play for sure. Could play. Yeah. He could play. I mean, if you watched the Frozen Four and, and just how dominant he was on UMass, mm-hmm. I know that's college, but he was absolutely dominant. And then he goes to the NHL. He scores an overtime winner in the playoffs for Colorado, he's scoring goals. He's making plays on defense. He finds a new D partner in like three minutes in Sam Girard. But that's <laughs> going to be their number one pair. They're 21 years old. They've played together for 10 minutes. So uh, that, that kid could play. I'm going Kale McCarr. I'm actually going to go with the number one pick, Jack Hughes. I think he's going to have an interesting year. I think the Devils are going to surprise some people. I think they can sneak into the playoffs in the bottom half of the East. Uh, not necessarily as a top three, but I think definitely as a wild card. I was down to Hughes and Capo Caco of the Rangers for this one. The top two picks, very innovative on my part. But <laughs> I, I am going to go with Jack Hughes because I think he is best position, and I think he's going to have a good year in his first year. I'm going to go with Jack Hughes. It pains me to say Hughes, but I'm going to agree with this one. For one reason, one reason only, he's going to be playing with He's probably going to be playing with Taylor Hall this year. Exactly. Which, I mean, that, that, that's, that's a walking 40 to 50 assists for Jack Hughes. If he And he doesn't have to do anything, really, for that. So I'll go with Hughes there. What do we want to go next? We've done Calder Norris. we got Hart left. And we have Vesna. 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 Let's go Vesna. We'll go Vesna. Vesna. Um, Dallas could be really good. Ben Bishop's a little dark horse in this one. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to go Ben Bishop. Okay. Because Dallas could have a really good year, and it's going to be on the shoulders of a defense and Ben Bishop. I'm going to bet on a guy to have a bit of a comeback here this year. I'm going to take uh, Sergei Bobrovsky of the okay. Florida Panthers. Okay, comes over from Columbus in the offseason. He's kind of gone in the wrong direction the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, he was arguably the best goalie in the league. 931 mm-hmm. save percentage, 2.06 GAA. Uh, he won, he won, won it that year in 16-17. Yeah. So that was the last year, and then since then he's kind of gone a bit backwards, but I think he's going to have a bounce back year in a new environment. Give me Bobrovsky. I'm going to go Frederick Anderson on this one in 
Toronto. I think he's guy. He's a guy who's been criminally underrated, especially by the Toronto fan base, um, well, for what he's done. Because Toronto's defensively has been pretty poor over the last two years, and you look at Anderson's numbers, and I think they're some of the most underrated in hockey. Look out for Carey Price, him. though. The only reason I can't see him winning it is because their defense is so bad. Like it's so bad. I guess, but I I think people will start to rec. My point is more he's people are going to start to recognize how good he is yeah. this year. Fair enough. Hart Trophy. Start with Jimmy on this one. Oh, we're gonna start with me. Okay, I'm gonna go Stephen Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I Interesting. think I like that pick. He's a guy. This Lightning team has a very 2019 Virginia vibe to it, where they got completely embarrassed like in the first round of the playoffs like last year. They're on a revenge tour. They're going to be angry. I was down to a couple guys on this team, but ultimately. I kind of defaulted to Stamkos being the best player on the best team. And ultimately, I think he's going to wind up winning the heart for that reason. It's really hard to, be to pick against Connor McDavid. I say, that all, I say it all the time. It's really, really, really hard to pick against Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby. But I'm going to go McKinnon. Okay. Uh, nice. I think McKinnon, Couture, and McDavid will be the top three. I'll go McKinnon. He had an unbelievable season last year. His year 24 season, he's going to... I think he's going to have a really solid year on that top line. They need to have they need him to have a really solid year on that top line. We talked about their forward depth. Uh, I'm going to go Nate McKinnon. I'm going to take the easy way out here. I, I like to go dark horses, but I can't. We can't be a podcast that doesn't pick Connor McDavid to win. It's so hard. The hard to do trophy. It, dude. It's so hard. So, to so pick I'm going to take McDavid. He's the clear best player in the sport. And he doesn't win I think, the most outstanding every yeah, year is unbelievable. Because people like to be different. That, that's the same reason Mike Trout doesn't win the MVP every year. But I'll go McDavid, and then let's shift to our Stanley Cup picks. Uh, I'll start on this one. Tampa Bay over Vegas in six. And my MVP is the one and only Nikita Kucherov. I got Tampa over the Sharks in six. Con Smythe, I'll go Hedman. Okay. I got Tampa over Colorado okay. in five, and I'll go Stamkos again for the Con Smythe because I, I just think he's going to have such a great year. He's only 28 years old. People, I feel like people think he's older, but he's only 28. But, yeah, no, he's going to have a monster season, and I think he's going to be the best player on that team all year long, and I think Tampa Bay is out on a revenge tour this year, and I think they finish it off with a cup. It would be criminal not to pick the Tampa Bay Lightning. That, that's all I can say. The most talented team in the league by a landslide, and if they don't win this year, I don't know if they're ever going to. Same thing I said about San Jose, but we got hockey in a few hours, boys. A few hours. Jack Caldwell's pick to win the West is the Vegas Golden Knights, by the way. Couldn't be Good to know. Today. Good That's to know. who he has, Vegas Golden Knights. So, guys, next time we convene, the regular season will be We'll underway. be talking about regular season hockey. That, that's pretty awesome. Sounds fantastic. That's pretty damn awesome to hear. Chris Hennessy, Jimmy Sullivan, I'm Jackson Isle, another episode of 5 on 3. We'll see you next time.